0: Are you tired of living with the pain of the past? Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell challenges us to go beyond what we ever dreamed was possible.
1: And I had a debt I could not pay, but it was paid by Jesus when he laid down on that cross. And even as Abraham said, oh, thank you, God, for the ram in the thicket. Thank you for providing a way of sacrifice. We ought to leave here today saying, thank you, God, for providing a sacrifice through your son, Jesus Christ.
0: We all have things that try to hold us back, guilt from past mistakes or temptations that we can't seem to overcome. It's easy to learn to live with these problems and accept them as who we are, but God has called us to reach forth and fulfill a greater calling in life. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, Reaching Forth, Dr. Chappell encourages you to leave behind negative mindsets and the limitations others have put on you, and to reach forth to new levels of victory. And now, here's Dr. Paul Chappell with part one of a message called Reaching Forth in Love.
1: There's a verse in our text this morning that really helps us understand what it means to reach forth in love and to be a loving church in this day. And I want you to see it. It's in chapter eight and verse eight. And it says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. So biblical love is always expressed. It's always shown, displayed, or proven. It's not something that is merely stated. It's not something that we think, well, you know, they should know that. But it's something that's actively shown. Uh, I remember seeing a bumper sticker years ago out in the state of North Carolina, and uh, it said on the back on this bumper sticker, it said, tithe if you love Jesus, any idiot can honk. Now, you say, well, that's kind of cold, but, you know, honestly, what the is saying is, you know, lots of people have stickers, lots of people say they believe in God or that they love Jesus, but biblically, if you love someone, if you care about them, you're going to strive to meet their need because love is meeting the need of someone else that they cannot meet for themselves. So love in the Bible is not just this abstract emotional word. Love in the Bible really is about meeting the needs of others. How about this one? For God so loved love the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son. So love is always an action that is displayed. And that's why Paul the Apostle says to the Corinthian church, I want you to prove your love. I want you to show that you love the church at Jerusalem. Now, chapter eight and nine really is dealing with a special offering that was being given to the needy Christians at Jerusalem. And the Corinthians were being challenged to prove their love for Jesus and for the Christians there by giving to them to help meet their need. They had made a commitment over a year prior, now they were being reminded to fulfill that commitment that had been made. Now to get a little understanding of what was going on with the Corinthian church, we see that they're located not far from Athens, and the Apostle Paul is now writing to them, challenging them to help the church at Jerusalem. The church at Jerusalem had undergone great persecution. Uh, Many of the Christians had actually died martyrs' deaths, and so Paul, as the Apostle, was raising an offering for them. And some of the most generous givers were up here in Macedonia. They had given, even though they were in poverty themselves, they had given very generously. And so we read about that. In verse number one, the Bible says, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, or we remind you of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So he's using the example of the churches of Macedonia to challenge the church at Corinth. Do you know I have prayed for 34 years that God would use the example of Lancaster Baptist Church? We're not in Beverly Hills, we're not flush with money, but that God would use the example of this church to encourage other churches to believe that God is able to do great and mighty things. That's what Paul's doing. He's using the example of one set of churches to challenge another group. another church at Corinth. And as he speaks to them about love, he gives them three dominant truths that I want to share with you today. First of all, he challenges the Corinthians regarding the participation of love, that love will participate in meeting a need. And here we see that he says in verse number one, I want to remind you of the grace of God. And so what we learn is that love is developed by God's grace. Love is developed by God's grace. The grace of God had been bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, there are at least three churches that we know of in Macedonia. Let me remind you of those. Some of you will remember. There was the church at Berea. The Bereans were more noble because they did what? They searched the Scriptures, right? You remember that? A great church. There was the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. They had a work of faith, a labor of love, a patience of hope. They were a great church as well. And then there was the church at Philippi to whom God, said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because they were a giving church, God was going to meet their needs. So when we hear about the Macedonian churches, these were strong churches spiritually. And what you find when you study the Bible is that strong spiritual churches are also generous churches. You cannot separate being a strong Christian from being a generous Christian because God's grace is working through them. And so they were getting involved, though they were in difficult times themselves, in sending an offering all the way down to Jerusalem to help other people. And that only happens when someone is growing as a Christian, when someone is growing in the grace of God, when God is working at their heart. In fact, notice the verse there in your notes, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now someone might be here this morning and say well you know I don't know if I can uh, be a a witness for Jesus. I don't know if I could ever uh, forgive that person that offended me. What I want you to notice in this verse is that it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So the things you think you can't do, God says, "I, I know you can't do it, but I can do it through you. I know it's not normal to want to take of our substance and give to help children or give to help the bus, children, or give to the missionaries, but my grace is sufficient for you, and I can produce within you a desire and an ability. So grace is bestowed abundantly, and grace is expressed generously. Look at verse 2. It says, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. So look at this strange equation. Here was a church, verse two, in Macedonia. They had deep poverty, but they gave liberally. That is a miracle from God. And I have often felt that Lancaster Baptist Church is a reflection of the Macedonian spirit. Uh, the fact that this is a very middle class area, and yet God has let us see abundant things done for His honor and glory. The other day, we had our county supervisor visiting our church. We had lunch afterwards, and she said, Pastor, she said, every time I drive to this church and I see all these people and I see these buildings, I, she said, i just amazed. And what she's really saying is you don't expect to see that in Lancaster. And I would remind you this morning, this is not the reflection of Lancaster or the people of Lancaster. It is the reflection of the great God that we serve a God that has touched the hearts of common, ordinary people to do extraordinary things because of his grace at work in us. And so love is developed by grace. They gave liberally. Now, I like the way that Amy Carmichael explained it, and this is what she said. She said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Now, there's a lot of people that give without loving, That's why I have never let a CPA guide my giving. The CPA is gonna tell you what works out best for taxes, but not necessarily what is a loving gift. And I've tried to let God guide in my giving. Uh, There's a lot of people that give without loving. There are people that give to politicians. They'll give large sums of money, hoping that they get something back in return. It's not that they even love or even like the politician. It's just a part of doing business, and so they give with that thought in mind. There are other people that will give to various causes because maybe they feel like they have to. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You cannot love Jesus without wanting to give. You cannot love people without trying to meet the need. And so this liberality was all because of God's grace. And we see pictures of it throughout the Bible. We see Jesus teaching 5,000 people on a hillside. And his disciples come and say, Jesus, let them go away. Uh, they're, They're hungry and we can't feed them. And it looked like a difficult situation until one little boy came and said, well, I have these two fish and these five loaves and I'm willing to give what I have, and Jesus took it, and he multiplied it, and he fed 5,000 people, and there were 12 baskets left over. How many of you can agree that there was grace in that little boy's heart that day? How about the widow? As she walked into the temple, and as the very wealthy were giving their offerings to the treasury, and they were putting it in and making a show of it, but the widow woman walked in, and she gave her might. She gave her one quarter of a penny, and as she dropped that in, Jesus was watching. Jesus is always watching our lives and 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 all of us as we are living for Him. And Jesus said of the widow in Mark 12, 44, for all they did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even her living. She gave herself to God that day in her offering. It was a gift of grace. She loved, and so she gave. And so love is developed by the grace of God. And then may I say this second Secondly, love is demonstrated by the people of God. Love is demonstrated by the people of God. Now, notice that in verse 3 it says, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift. So speaking of the churches at Macedonia, Paul said, wow, did they demonstrate their love to their power, beyond their power. They were begging us that they could have a part in this special offering for Jerusalem. Even though they were in great poverty themselves, even though they had their own problems and their own needs, there was such a work of God going on in their heart that they said, Paul, we want to have a part in meeting the needs of those at Jerusalem. And that is the heart that Lancaster Baptist has had, whether it was when we ran our first bus or when we supported our first missionary. With all of it, it has been, how can we help? And as we think of the compelling needs of the children, in the Antelope Valley, and when we consider that 80% of the people sitting in this room accepted Jesus at age 12 or below, we recognize the great opportunity to reach children with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how did it happen? Notice in verse 3, it says, they were willing of themselves. These people had willing hearts, these Macedonians. You know, when I think of willing hearts, I think of children. Children are excited. Our church children at Lancaster Baptist, they're excited because they have willing hearts. When I was looking through some of the files this uh, past week and doing some house cleaning, I was uh, mindful of some of the different things of when I was a kid growing up. And one of the things I saw was my giving record from the eighth grade and attending the Bethany Baptist Church in Whittier, California. And, and here was the list of the $20 and the $8 and the 46 and the $51. And it looks like that year I gave about $100 or $101 dollars. Uh, to the Lord through the church that I was attending and just mowing lawns and doing chores. And I gotta tell you, the church treasurer at Bethany Baptist Church wasn't holding his breath hoping that I gave my offering. The church wasn't dependent upon the offerings of an eighth grade boy. But my spiritual growth was dependent on having a willing heart for God. And this is not about building a building, this is about building you, my friend. This is about all of us keeping God first in our hearts and in our lives. I remember some years ago going out in Palmdale, knocking on some doors, inviting people to church, and there was a man named Dell. He opened up his door and began to talk to me, and as we were talking, I started going through the plan of salvation with Dell, telling him how he could know for sure he was on his way to heaven. Right when we got to that part where he would pray, somebody pulled up, and you know how that is. You're trying to talk about God to somebody, and then, boom, things get interrupted, and so I said, Dale, I'll tell you what, why don't you, uh, why don't you come to church tomorrow and, uh, and we'll pick up where we left off and I hope you'll come, and sure enough, he and his wife Ruth, they came right over here, they sat on the left side, and I preached the gospel that morning, and at the end of the service, we had our heads bowed, and, and I said, let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and I said, now, if you're sure that you're on your way to heaven, indicate that by, by lifting your hand, and hundreds of folks raised their hands, I said, but if you're not sure that Jesus is in your heart and that you're on your way to heaven, I'd like to pray for you, and you know, when I said, put your heads down and close your eyes, Dell did neither. He was six seven. he kept his head up and his eyes open. And when I said, if you're not sure that you're on your way to heaven, he lifted up his hand just like this, sitting right over here, and then he winked at me just like that. <laughs> now, we preachers, a lot of times we say, I see that hand, I see that hand. But I thought it would sound weird to say, I see that wink. I didn't know how that would go across, you know, so anyways. Dell and Ruth at the invitation time they came down to the front and talked to one of the pastoral staff and that morning they prayed to accept Christ as their savior. And Dell he came 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 to church, and he began to grow, and he began to grow in grace, and he began to witness and pass out tracts. And, and one day, we were getting ready to build this building, and this was a big project. This was a $5 million project, and, and uh, it was way bigger than myself or the church, and we were trusting the Lord, and I didn't know how it was going to get done. I just was asking God to do it. And Dell came by the parking lot and he came up to me one day and he said, Pastor, I want you to have these keys. I said, Well, why, Dell? What are these keys? He said, Well, these are the keys to my motorhome out there. He said, It's a brand new motorhome. He so said, It's got TVs inside, TVs when you back up. He said, It's got all the gear. And he said, Pastor, on the back of it, there's a map of America. And he said, You know, before I got saved, all I wanted to do was drive all around America and get into every state and put the, the, the little sticker of that state on the back of the motorhome. But he said, Now that I'm saved, all that I want to do is I want to stay here and see more people get saved. So I want you to take that motorhome and sell it and, and get the money and use it to build the church so more people can get saved. What was that? How do you take an engineer from aerospace who's lived his whole life for the company and the dollar, and now he's living his whole life so others can know Jesus? That is the grace of God, my friends. That's the mark of someone who's getting their priorities changed, and I'll never forget the day that I preached Dell's funeral, and I walked by that casket, Early in the morning, his relatives had come in. They wanted to pay their last respects. And our theme that year was together with God. And he had a little, a little pin on his coat, and it said together with God. And I remember thinking to myself, you sure are, Dell. You're with him now. And I can guarantee you that he did not regret when he saw the face of Jesus that he gave a motor home so others could know Jesus Christ. There was a demonstrated love and I could stay here the rest of the day and some of you who've been here for a while we could tell stories all day long about why we are sitting in this building and how we got to this place and what God has done to bring it to pass for His honor and His glory. Love is demonstrated with a willing heart. The Bible says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue but in deed and in truth. I see that they had uh, willing hearts. I see that they had Ministering hearts. In verse 4, they are begging the Apostle Paul. They're giving much entreaty that he would take the gift. I see that they had partnering hearts. The Bible also says here in verse 4 Take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They're saying, Paul, we can't go to Jerusalem, but we wanna be a part of the work. We wanna be in fellowship with you as you go to Jerusalem. And then I see also that they had sacrificial hearts. Verse five says, and this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You see, the Macedonians, they were, they were so heartfelt in their sacrificial giving that they first gave themselves to the Lord. Now, I don't know where you are right now as an adult, but how many of you would be willing to admit that when you were a kid, being generous didn't come natural? Come on, how many of you would admit that, right? Just, you know, we kinda lived on that selfish side. I heard of a mom that had two boys and they were playing in the snow the other day and she was observing them play and she called her oldest son and she said, "Bobby." I told you to share your toys with your brother. He said, Mom, we are sharing. He plays with the sled on the way up the hill and I play with it on the way down the hill. (laughs) How many of you had a sibling like that, right? (laughs) Not the church at Macedonia. If you look there at verse five, the reason they did so well in their giving was because they gave themselves first to the Lord. They said, Lord, everything that I have and that I am, it's yours. And if you want to use some of it to help people in Jerusalem, then, then it's all yours, God. That was the heart the people had. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice unto the Lord. They had done that. You see, money is so intimately related to the possessor that you cannot give money without giving a part of yourself. But when you give your whole self to the Lord in dedication and God touches your heart and he says, I see that account, I see that belonging that that you really don't need, and I want you to leverage some of that so that children can hear about Jesus, it's not a big consternation because you know it's all his stuff anyways, you see. And that's where they lived, this church at Macedonia. This was a participation of love. But I want you to notice, secondly, the proof of their love. We see their participation, but what does that really show us? Well, the Bible says in verse 6, In so much that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, utterance, and knowledge, and all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Now now notice the proof of their love. First of all, letter A here, by finishing their commitment. Now apparently according to verse six, Titus had visited the Corinthians before. And they had made a commitment that they were gonna help Jerusalem. So Paul is now saying to them, prove your love by finishing your commitment. If you say you're gonna help, now's the time to help. Now, all Titus could be was kind of the messenger boy. And that's all I am today as the pastor. I'm God's messenger boy. I'm just one sinner telling other sinners how they can know Jesus Christ is their savior. That's my job. I'm here like Titus. But the fact is, the only way the work will get done is if the grace of God is happening in every one of your hearts because I won't be with you tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Titus was the one that kind of reminded everybody, but they would have to see this finished by the grace of God. That's why he says in verse 7, abound in this grace also. He said, I want you to grow in this grace. John chapter 1 and verse 16, and of his fullness we have we all received, and grace for grace. You see, God not only saves us by his grace, but he wants us to grow in grace grace as we continue serving Him. Now, I've I've studied this matter of giving in my own life and as a preacher over the years, and I've found that some givers are motivated by guilt. That's not how we want to motivate here. You know what I'm saying? A sad picture of a dog in the snow, right? Or or some, some, some poor situation, and so they kind of feel like, well, I guess I better give. Some people are motivated by guilt. Some are motivated by greed, and some churches try to teach that. You know, if you give God this much, you're going to be a millionaire, and and people kind of give that way. Now, I do believe you cannot outgive God. I do believe that God will bless you, but it may not always be monetarily. Some people are motivated by guilt. Some people are motivated by greed, but mature Christians are motivated by grace. Grace is the inner working of the Holy Spirit. Grace is not just when the preacher's talking to you about it, it's when God starts talking to you about it. It's when God begins to move and say, hey, I've taken care of you this far, why don't you begin to trust me, whether it's in the weekly giving to the Lord or in a special offering, offering just letting God's grace lead the way, and God will make a way. And I've seen different people try to arrange in churches for giving in ways that seem to be fleshly to me. I have no interest in that. But here we see that the Macedonians had given by grace and the Corinthians were being challenged to grow in grace and finish their commitment by grace. So they can prove their love by finishing their commitment. They can prove their love by
0: focusing on Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chapel on Facebook or Twitter, go to paulchapel.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchapel.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com, And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the